Hi, everyone. I'm Sherry Prescott, the director of Arts on Fire Ajax, and you're listening to SME Stories Podcast. You are now listening to the next great small business podcast. Welcome to the SME Stories Podcast, where it is all about small businesses in Canada. And here is your host, Ken Alfred. Hey everybody, thanks for downloading the show. We got a great episode today with Sherry Prescott. She's the director and improv acting instructor at the Arts on Fire Ajax. Arts on Fire Ajax offers youth and teens high-level art instruction in drawing, painting, musical theater, drumming, and improvisation. Sherry has enjoyed teaching drama for 24 years. Her favorite activities include coaching competition, improv teams, directing class plays, and taking the stage herself in community theater. Both of my kids have attended Arts on Fire Ajax taking the kids' art class as well as the kids' improv class, which was taught by Sherry herself. So I can attest she runs an awesome operation. This wife, mother, entrepreneur has a lot of tips for those starting in any small business venture. So you're going to learn a lot in this episode. So sit back and absorb. All right, everybody, we have Sherry Prescott from Arts on Fire Ajax. Sherry, how are you doing today? Hi, Ken. I'm great. Thanks for having me. No problem. So (laughs) let's, let's get right into the questions. We've got 1 billion questions. And so Sherry said she's not going to leave the podcast until she answers every single question. So we're going to try and see. Every single one. Every single of the one billion that's going to be there. So here we go. (laughs) Question one. So Arts on Fire Ajax, what is your story? Arts on Fire Ajax was born in April 2018 when I realized that I had to drive my own sons an hour to get to an improv class taught by a student that I had trained, I started to think I could provide this right here in South Ajax. I could I could start my own business, hire back all my former star talent, pay them really well, <laughs> and then have the opportunities local for my own kids, my three boys, but also all my drama students that were begging for more art opportunities. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I remember. I remember doing acting when I was in high school and it was so much fun doing it. And, uh, you know, and d- just disclaimer to all those listeners here is that my kids have gone to, to Arts on Fire Ajax and uh, Coach Sherry, that's what I called her, was their, <laughs> was their coach. And uh, they had a great time. And did I tell you, Sherry, and I know we, I think I'm kind of sidetracking already, but did I ever mm-hmm. tell you exactly what happened when we first looked at your school? You came to watch an improv class, I remember, yep. and, uh, and Annabelle loved it. And then her little brother cried all the way down the hallway (laughs) because he wanted to join too. (laughs) It was very close (laughs) to that. Did I get that that right? Almost. You were were like 95% there. You actually (sighs) was correct. The goal was to have my daughter, Annabelle, actually look at it because I knew that my daughter was very much into performance. She liked it, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, she watched it. And I think we were watching a little bit of an older kid's improv class, right? And we were just there to absorb. And my son, Gabe, he, he looked bored. Like he just had oh, this face yeah. that was just, you can't see it on video, but you can't see it on the audio, but it's, he's he wanted to go. He, but he didn't tell it though at the time. So that's why I'm, I'm leading into that. And, you know, he's just like, can we go now? Right. So I'm thinking, okay, he's not really into it. But like I said, on that car ride home, and I was asking Annabelle if she wanted to do it, she said, yes. And then Gabe suddenly bled, blooded out. I want to do it too. I said, <gasps> you? What? He's like, yeah. I said, well, wh- why did you say we had to leave? Like, you want me, you want us to leave before the class ended? He's like, because we couldn't play. We couldn't join oh. in the games. <laughs> so my kids both want to do it. And I only at that time had just enough money to put one of them in. 
So that was the that was the tension, Sherry, that I'm talking about. Driving home, where mm-hmm. you, if if you saw my children looking at each other, they were giving each other the stink eye right there. They <laughs> only one wanted, of us can afford only to go. one. But all in honesty, I did have a little bit extra saved just so I could put both of them in, and they had a oh. great time. And hopefully, we're going to yeah. get them back in again because uh, that's what makes your sessions unique, actually, Sherry. Because usually, when you think of you know, an art school or an art, any type of performing arts school is that you thought it's like almost like a semestered system or just, it's just mm. classes all the way through, but yours is unique. Like explain yeah. to me your approach. So as a, as a mom who's had kids in hockey and other activities, baseball, I realized the family's issues were, but we're a snowboarding family or we go to the cottage so we can't commit to 10 months of dance classes um, or we just can't commit so they don't bother getting involved. So I thought, what if we made six-week commitments? Can most families commit to six weeks? And the answer was yes. And so many grateful families said, we can finally jump in and try new things besides just the one thing our family does. Wow. Yeah, that, that's that's what's unique. And I'm, I'm always going to tell listeners, definitely check out the Arts on Fire Ajax website because you can see the updated session dates there. And uh, yeah, it's like six weeks at a time, right? So it is that yeah. commitment you can get. So if you're worried about paying, oh, pay for a year up front or pay up to six months <laughs> up front, it's okay. Can you do six weeks like you just said? And it's it's perfect because like you said, it's a great if, trial if you really want to try it out as well. But it's also making sure that you know, if you can only commit just for those six weeks because you have to take them mm. somewhere else, there's that yeah. flexibility. Yeah. And we encourage the kids, if they love visual arts, take three sessions and really build your skills and build your portfolio. And we have a mentor for you to help you see what comes next. Do you want to apply for the All Saints Media Arts Program? Do you want to go to OCAD one day? We can really help coach them along. And then some kids, it's like, you know what? You did great in visual arts. Do you want to try improv? Do you want to try guitar? Do you want to try acting with scripts or acting for camera? And so some of the kids are trying every single class out just to say they've done them all. (laughs) <laughs> and I love that they could be that adventurous or they could just focus intensely in one skill set and have a goal. Yeah, it's, it's great because I know my kids did both the improv and they actually did the art. Yeah. They loved bringing their stuff home or they were disappointed when they couldn't because it was drying or, <laughs> you know, for whatever reason. Like my kids really brought their stuff back and they were really looking forward to show my wife and I, Mrs. K. I always call her Mrs. K here on on the show. So uh, they always loved bringing, bringing it to us. And, you know, like I said, uh, hope in the near, we can get them back for another six weeks. And, but like with everything, it's, it's really, you got to make sure you got to find that right one for them that they're going to try it. So, mm-hmm. right, and so. because so many kids have loved drawing, we now have more kids drawing classes and we are, we're launching a youth anime class because that's a big anime. deal now. And, wow. and, uh, kids drawing classes talk about working with their manual dexterity and their focus and, it's almost like the cheapest um, occupational therapy out there, Ken, because <laughs> I know I paid big bucks for my oldest son to get occupational therapy and holding a pencil and printing more neatly. And their hands just weren't used to these small motor skills. And if you have a, a little one who would benefit from improved use of their hands, uh, or you want to be a surgeon one day, for example, the, the medical community say are they're having trouble with training new doctors well because they don't have the use of these small dexterity skills so getting them into drawing art classes early is a really great occupational therapy tool who knew yeah who knew i mean and like yeah. i said i had a, a co-worker and this is when i used to work at the city of toronto as a summer student 
where one of the students who was there was actually trying to be a dentist. And one of the auditions or one of the requirements is they had to carve this piece of soap into yeah. a certain thing. And I was like, prove they could do it. Yeah. I'm like, why do you keep bringing that soap into the office? I don't get it. It's like, I gotta, I gotta practice. I gotta, I gotta That's sh- awesome. shape it. So doctors and potential dentists. So good to know. Yeah. Good to know. That makes so, sense. Doesn't it? So yeah. So, one thing I was going to go back to the beginning, Ken, um, mm-hmm. I could not have launched this without the help and support of my principal at the time, Eleanor McIntosh at Ajax High School. I've been teaching at Ajax High for over two decades when I took my idea to her. And I thought she would probably say, oh, that's risky, you know, offering improv classes. Um, But she jumped out of her chair and thought the idea was great because I wanted to use the facilities at Ajax High. I wanted to rent them on a Saturday. And she loved it because it brought the community into our high school. And also made volunteer opportunities for our teens. So that's how I started off was pretty low risk with a partnership with the DDSB. So I paid for the insurance maintenance custodial, but they let me use the facilities. And I gave out scholarships to like the grade eight award winners at other DDSB schools. And I I reached out to communities that needed subsidy. So that was hard work, but it was Mm -hmm. really important to do it that way to launch the idea and the project with minimal risk to me. Mm. And uh, it, it took off hardcore so that after one year, we won the Town of Ajax Art and Culture Award for just the inclusivity of the program and all the all ages that we were reaching. And uh, everything was going swimmingly. I had increased the school to seven different classes, musical yeah. theater, tech crew training, drumming, drawing, painting, acting, and improv. And then when COVID came, that was the game changer. Yes. No one could use public facilities anymore. Very, very frustrating for everybody, I, I have to admit. And it yeah. was so it was Pivot. tough for <laughs> yes. <laughs> tough for the kids as well, because they looked forward to going to it as well. So so I think yeah. you just kind of answered my next few questions. You were talking about what really oh. made your your thing successful, right? And you're talking about really leveraging those relationships within the schools. And that's Absolutely. probably that could be a potential tip for anyone who maybe wants to start their own thing, right? Just to- Yes. If you have relationships in a facility like a community center or a school and people know you, you've got a good reputation and street cred and they <laughs> would trust you to come in and use their spaces. I think it's a great starting point. It's low risk. It took me $5,000 to launch with promos and t-shirts and art materials. Uh, And I did pay for marketing consulting. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to start off on the right foot. Mm -hmm. I was also wise after my principal said she loved the idea. I immediately looked up the um, business advisory council of Durham, the BACD and took their workshop, how to start a business. And after a two-hour workshop, I left with a handy checklist. And then I went the next week back to my office. I was sitting there after work, and I just logged on, and I just followed the checklist. And after an hour, it it hit me. I just started a business. Hadn't even told my (laughs) husband. The custodian was the first one I told. And Paul says, I'll never forget. He's like, wow, congratulations. You should go home and tell your husband. But I was super excited just to like put one foot in front of the other. Don't stop in doubt. Don't question this. It felt right. You have to, a small business owner has to beat back the doubt on a daily basis and choose courage <laughs> and just believe in what you can do and what vision you're trying to achieve. And you can, you can win if you, if you keep the positivity going. Absolutely. You can win. <laughs> you're preaching to the choir there, Sherry. I can totally feel it because 
Yeah, I think the big the doubt is the biggest thing that I think a lot of small businesses have, right? Because especially if they let, like I said, if they just want to just make a little bit of extra money, they don't want to get their own facility, they don't need a thing. But you know, even just to even if they want to be just an Uber driver or a Lyft driver, yeah. just say, hey, if I, w- I want to get some of those people on the podcast as well, because you know it mm. is a side gig, but how do you run it? Because it is basically a side business. How yeah, do you make do sure you, you are? And I don't know if you know this, but even just I know this is not really about you know driving, but even on Facebook Marketplace, I found that a lot of people are, are advertising there where they're literally saying, you know, any local driving between Ajax and Whitby, like it's like a dollar or something like that. Like obviously you can add more stuff to it. Yeah. But they're trying to yeah. get the, it's almost like they want to almost buy, not say bypass the Ubers and the Lyfts, but be an actual, mm-hmm. almost like a mini taxi, right? So they can right. charge like a few bucks more than maybe what they would be making at a at an Uber because I think for some of those other companies they they cut their commission a bit. So, anyways, mm. well, well we'll have Initiative. someone on. We'll have someone on that anyway. That's so, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So now that you've been running your business for for at least a few years, I think. So, what kind of growth yeah. and what kind of sales growth or maybe even profits? You don't have to give hard numbers. You can give percentages that you mm-hmm. expect to see in the next few years. Well, once I left, once I was kicked out of the, my Ajax High facility, which I loved, <laughs> it, the 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 challenge was. I was going to stop because it's COVID. There's a pandemic and working with children, it's high risk. Right. But the parents kept begging me to, please don't quit. My kids need this. They live for this. Or the teens, you've saved them from the precipice of depression. They need you. Right. So right. I did feel the burden to keep going. So I found a small studio, less than a thousand square feet. Uh-huh. And in a pandemic, managed to get insurance from a high risk insurance company to work with youth in a pandemic, which was a miracle. <laughs> Thank you, this small company out in BC and <laughs> launched this small studio, just thinking I would barely maybe make ends meet. And I got to tell you, Ken, <laughs> we flourished under COVID protocols with small class sizes. It turned out to be a big hit and my classes are now filling up with waiting lists. Yes. So I am now upscaling. You're the first person I'm telling. Oh, I'm getting keys to a folks. bigger. This is it. This is it. I'm getting <laughs> keys to a bigger facility on Wednesday. Wow. So I've been really busy today. Thank you. This is, I never saw this really coming this quickly. We won a first place in the Reader's Choice Awards for Best Art School and Instructors. Yes, I think I have and a that was. Thank you. That was the sign I needed to know that the public needs this. They appreciate it. They see the work we're putting in and the value. So I thought, that's it. I'm going to grow this. I'm going to go, go big or go home. Mm-hmm. Where is this <laughs> So the facility? numbers. Yeah, where is it? I got to tell you, I, I was thinking it might take me a while to make it big, but I think it's, I think six digits um, is reasonable after mm. next year. Wow. So I'm on, I'm on track thanks to my Excel sheets mm-hmm. to being able to pay my instructors the highest wage out in the land. And I'm thrilled to do that because they are people with a specialized skill set that no one can just step in and do what they do. And uh, I've got great loyalty because I pay them so well and they love what they do. I make sure they have a happy workplace and, and I am really great with communication with the families uh, and reaching out. So I want to make everyone have this the best time when they step in those doors. And I think people feel that when they go there. But let's hope that the bigger facility is is a great idea. I think it will be, and if so, I am hiring. So there you can go. you can uh, spread the word, spread the word, people <laughs> with art skills and who love people to reach out to me so we can have a conversation. 
That's great. And sorry, do we know the location yet? I know you, or do you still, that's going to be I still. do. Still it's 250 Bailey Street West, which is affectionately known as the Dairy Queen Plaza to anyone who lives in South Ajax. Ah, <laughs> excellent. Mackenzie's Pub's there and the Pizza Hut and the Auto Parts. And yeah, it's a great plaza uh, right on Bailey, easy to get to. Wow. And um, the space is three times the size of what I have now. Yeah, and I we I remember the facility like we went there like last time. I was very impressed because it's it doesn't seem small like at least for <laughs> when we were there, right? I guess because I guess and and I think because when I we visited it was just pre COVID almost when it was kind yeah. of and we you, you the parents couldn't stay so you had to kind of just drop off and leave. So yeah, you could come in for a tour the first time so you knew where the washrooms were and the, the art studio and the green yes. room and then there's that little acting space, but it really was small. I'm glad it felt big. It's probably because I painted everything white okay, <laughs> with beautiful vinyl wrap logos and stage backdrops and just made it feel spacious. Wow. It looked really good. Even though that Santa Claus one did kind of freak us out just a little bit because there was a Santa <laughs> the Claus The animatronic there. Santa. The animatronic Santa, the dancing Santa that did freak um, me out Gabe a little bit. loved that Santa. Gabe <laughs> had a boxing match with that Santa whenever Of course he possible. did. <laughs> <laughs> and he oh. won. He, and he won. Excellent. So, wow, that that's great. Like, like I said, br- breaking news for a lot of people that didn't know this. So in January, this mm-hmm. is going to be really here. So so now we go back to some of the numbers. We don't, like I said, we don't have to really yeah. go, divulge too much into it. But out of mm-hmm. this whole thing, what has been kind of like the biggest expense that you guys experienced going through this? My instructor salary. Mm-hmm. Because if you, you want the best people, you want if you're building something, you can't go short. You can't go short changing the people that are helping you make it big. Mm-hmm. Um, for my work, especially working with instructors and families, you have to have people skills and networking, and you need to build a team, a reliable, amazing team, and then you got to pay them more than what they're worth for the foundation to grow strong. So that's my biggest expense: our instructor salaries, and now it will be rent. And uh, TMI, do you know they put HST on taxes, maintenance, and insurance and rent? It's crazy. Business insurance? They do that? It's so, I can't even tell you how much shock this is. When you start a business, get ready to pay tax at the Wahoo. (laughs) And the banks, the banks are, they're like, oh, good, you're a business. We will take half. Thank you. (laughs) So you make sure you sit down with those bank managers and you tell them, no, I'm not paying that. (laughs) Yes. People will take advantage of you because you're a business. They figure it's a tax write-off. You have to stand your ground and and fight. That's for sure. Yeah, you have to really negotiate everything when you're working with a bank, right? You can't just take the rate as is because especially if they want the business, they're more than Mm -hmm. willing to to do it. You just got to make sure because if you don't, like you said, you're going to get the, you have to pay the highest rates that you can imagine, more than you're ready that you realize. And you don't know the fact that you could probably get that knocked down a little bit and then pay yeah. any, any percent savings is savings, right? That, that's the yeah, biggest talk thing. Talk to another bank and see if they can do better. And then you go back Absolutely. to your bank and say, can you match this or do better? Exactly. I do know that asking questions like meeting for coffee a lot with my bookkeeper, um, an accountant, my marketing people, like a coffee, an hour coffee date can save you big bucks and such wisdom that it changes everything. Absolutely. So you have to be willing to ask questions and meet with people and seek their counsel. Just be hungry to listen and take notes. And I'm still pouring over notes that I, I took like three and a half years ago 
and going, wow. oh, now, now I understand this note. At the time, I was still so new. I didn't know what it meant. But wow. now I'm like, awesome. I, can, I will take that tip and run with it. <laughs> Excellent. So, so I think that kind of answers also my next question was like, what kind of expenses like, do you deal with the most that the regular people probably don't know about when you're opening up like a studio like this? Now you kind of yeah. touched a little bit was the the tax or the eight the taxes on almost everything, mm-hmm. but what is yeah. anything else that the most people don't know that oh wow you guys have to uh, pay for that website fees if you want a great premium website that can do a lot for you get ready to pay for mm-hmm. that and and don't scrimp I mean I started off with a cheap free website I can't believe I did that but I was trying to go in with zero risk right you know. <laughs> Zero skin and in I, the game, was, right? Yeah, I Whatever. didn't want any skin in the game. Yeah, I mean, and it's not there's nothing wrong with that because I think for if you're a small business, you're just starting out, you want to try to yeah. utilize as much free tools as you possibly mm-hmm. can, right? And mm-hmm. you know, I there was one, and I'll like I said, I'm flip back and forth. Sometimes I'll be mentioning a little bit of my personal story as well. Is that okay. when I was running this podcast, I thought, okay, I can record stuff, and I tried some of the free solutions that were there. Do you know how hard it is to edit audio <laughs> on a free solution? It must have been awful. <laughs> so that's why I, I invested in, you can't really see here, but I have like this mix here that has a lot of processing that, that does the voices. And I can actually, and I use a different nice. software that I can literally edit almost like a ta- like a text document, like a Word document. Mm. So we upload it. It it takes all of our words. Our audio is there. You can wow. see the waveforms, but it, all you see is the transcription. So I could remove a sentence if I don't like it without having to nice. go into the waveform and be like, okay, I have to re-click this because I need to know exactly what this was. And then it's so much easier <laughs> to pay for something. So we learn, don't we? The freeway, the freeway can get you only so far and then you have exactly. to pay up. <laughs> yeah, I think eventually too. I mean, it's not a bad start, right? Because there's, like you said, for websites, the free, the free one options, they're not horrible because mm-hmm. they're free, right? You just have to be make right. sure you have a lot of creativity that you can make do with what you have. Save yeah. some of that money as you're starting to build it to maybe invest in more because that website, that is basically your billboard to the yes, world. It's got to be good. It's and, gotta and, be good. and you got to ask all your friends to go to it and pretend to sign up or order something off of it and have <laughs> them get back to you what difficulties they encountered or what confusion there was. And then you get in there and you tweak it and you tweak it until someone can use it with little zero frustration and good results. That's yeah, something absolutely. else people need to do. <laughs> yeah, and part of my side gig is not just the podcast. Part, part of my side gig is actually functional testing of websites and mobile apps. So I oh, literally go nice. in to, to all these small business websites and I go through and I record everything with all this equipment that I have here. Mm. I record screen, I share everything and I, I don't have them with me, but you're going to see me click through everything. I'm going to be verbalizing what I'm thinking what, as I'm doing these things. And then oh. I, I save the recording and I show it back to the client so they can be like, Oh, because not now. This is not to slant any developers who design websites, right? But mm-hmm. at the same time, you're ve- most people are very tunnel focused on their thing that they might not see it, right? That's why you mm-hmm. need that other set of eyes, to other just, eyes, just to yep. look at it and to do it like you know, And me work, I've been working procurement for like ten years. So I, when we have to look for, we have to look for suppliers for for the company. I'm going through websites and I'm looking through everything, mm-hmm. and I can tell you what's good, what's not good, and you know, certain things, but anyways, enough about me on that one yeah. here. So now that's, oh, that's the other expense. Ah, um, yes, I yes. thought of one, Ken, um, sure. Facebook promotions that can mm-hmm. be great for a lot of businesses. I lost track of what I was tapping and promoting. And I would think, you know, $30 here, $50 here. And then it would 
it would just kind of ball up into what I spent $880 in a month promoting my classes. It, I, I wasn't keeping track. So you do need to keep track of your social media promotions. Mm-hmm. But I got to a point where I thought that's a crazy amount of money. I'm refusing to to pay. And I, I think I stopped paying for Facebook promotions in June because I just wanted to see, could my business carry itself without the promotions? And happily, yes, yes, I haven't needed to pay for any more promotions. But that's also because I optimized my presence in Facebook groups mm-hmm. with my key target marketing audience. So families, mom groups, neighborhood groups, school groups that wanted opportunities for their kids. Uh-huh. So just by learning what days are, are business days in certain Facebook posts and using that well, that can that can replace the massive cost you would put into Facebook promotions. Yeah, because I think people will do these things because that's what you're supposed to do, right? I'm supposed to hire yeah. an SEO specialist right away, pay a lot of money, and I have to also, like you said, pay $180 for Facebook ads <laughs> just because it's to get my name out. When you know, you can, yeah. it's okay starting off with family and friends, just starting with that, and then slowly, you know, refer find referrals. And then, like you said, start to build it slowly because, you know, you don't want, you don't need to spend like a lot of money right up front, right? You need to put some money up that we all, I think we all agree. You got to put something in there, but yeah. you know, don't, don't put the whole kit and caboodle right, in, right from the beginning on some of these things, especially if you don't have the processes, you don't have, you know, everything kind of laid out yet, right? To at least address mm. it. So interesting. Mm-hmm. So Social media. Now we're not a, this is not a social media podcast. There's a gazillion of those, but how yeah. important is social media to, to your business and, and what tools do you currently use? Ooh, Instagram is so valuable because visual arts is very visual and it families is. and kids and teens love to see kids in action and the types of work and projects we do. I love that we can do reels now on Insta. That is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And so if I do a post, I might get 24, 50 likes on a post, but a reel will get 3,228 views. Wow. And that's because reels, especially young people, are more likely to tap on a reel and watch it. So reels uh, definitely don't ignore when Instagram evolves and there's mm-hmm. new stuff. To, I mean, just learn it. Have a younger person show you what it's about. <laughs> Do that TikTok, even though you're like, cringing the whole time because what if you get 5,000 new accounts interacting with you and your algorithms are boosted Yeah, and now you're like the top line of the hashtag and and learn your hashtags find out what the best ones are don't go for cutesy go for the ones where it's really valuable like check those insights on your social media see what's working yeah absolutely I mean it's so important for for that right and uh... You know, my, my kids have been wanting to start their own YouTube channel for a long time. And I said, well, yeah, we're gonna have to put that on hold for now. But, uh, you know, they, they, you know, they, they saw themselves on a few reels and I was showing them or at least a, a few pictures that was on your, on your, on your site. And, and they're like, daddy, we're famous. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> kids do feel like they're celebrities. I have an adult art student. He's been here from the beginning and he gets so many likes. And I always, t- I've been, I give him a deal in some sessions and a free t-shirt. So I'm like, you are my poster adult art student and people really connect with you. Like you're like, you're an important part of this program and you should cut those people 
a deal when they're really benefiting you. Absolutely. Um, but he feels like a celebrity. He said he was in the grocery store recently and someone recognized him. It's the guy oh, from yeah? Arts on Fire at <laughs> art class. Oh, wow. Love it. Oh, boy. All right. We're going to transition to the, about the industry. So like, how would you define your current industry? And like, what's your opinion on its current direction? With art classes? I'm going to open it up to you. Hmm. Well, I got to tell you, there's not a lot of of industry out there like mine. I mean, mm. there's we've got great dance schools in town. We've got Arts Unleashed in Pickering, which targets the younger arts crowd. Uh, we do have some great theater houses like Oshawa Little Theater and Whitby Courthouse Theater, Ajax Community Theaters, got a youth group now. But there's not a whole lot out there that, like what I'm offering, which is why I saw the need and felt the need. And my own drama students uh, are at Ajax High School are always begging for more opportunities. Teens needed portfolios built to go to York Film or Humber Acting, and they didn't have the experiences they needed. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm trying my hardest just to meet the needs. And the harder you meet people's needs, the more successful you are without even trying. Yes, <laughs> yes. But where is it going? I don't know. Elementary students that I'm seeing in my visual arts classes are saying it's the first time they've ever done a painting. And they're like grade eight boys are saying, I've never painted before, Sherry. I'm like, but you're in grade eight. So I don't know if every kid can get the arts education they need in the public school system. I know there's a big homeschool community that I'd like to uh, start accommodating because they need to get the arts into their curriculum. So I want to be able to offer daytime classes to help the homeschool community. I know there's adults during the day, retired adults would love to come in for some community and uh, do art or acting. So I'm going to be offering uh, daytime adult classes. And and I I don't think there's enough opportunities. I think every town should have like an arts on fire that has different arts classes of all for all ages to come in for people to enjoy. That's what I would love. I think that's great because I think, I think sometimes Parents of today, they push their kids really hard on certain things, whether it's athletics or education on a lot of things. But there's for the ones for the kids who are really creative, who want creativity, it's almost more like, yeah, that's more of a hobby. They focus on yeah. something else, which I think is a big misconception yeah. because like with, with mm. my kids as well, we got them involved in a lot of martial arts. So they're competing, they're doing whatever. And that's why we cool. want to go to Arts on Fire Ajax, because I'm like, you know what? A lot of what they do is just you know, super serious because, you know, they're competing, mm. they're fighting, they're doing all these things. But Yeah, very disciplined. Very and... dis- yes, yeah, we do yeah. this thing too, the, the face cover <laughs> thing with our hands, right? And I thought, no, they got to do something where they can really express themselves creatively and, and have some fun and, and laugh and stuff mm, and like laugh. that. And laugh. Because I know that I think when you guys, did, when they did the improv class, that was the first time they ever did anything like that, right? Really? Yes. And I think, oh. I think I want to try to get them in the student acting one, I think, on, that you have on the Sundays now, just because I'm like, it's, it's going to be something. I think it's helpful because if all the kids are doing so much serious stuff and they don't learn to mm. have fun again, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't, that doesn't, that's not a well-balanced kind of I life that you. you have. Right? And the kids who learn how to collaborate positively, because I make sure they're always positive and supportive and I teach them how to be a good audience and listen to each other, respect each other, clap for each other, tell them what they liked about their performance, builds their confidence. It teaches them how to play well with others. Mm-hmm. And they are going to be a team doing massive group work. They are going to be, you know, an engineering program at University of Waterloo one day, having to be in study groups. They're going to be working in a workplace with other people and they have to be able to play well and be 
you have to be creative to be innovative. So if they don't have the positivity and the confidence, they're going to be the worst teammate and they're Absolutely. not going to get promoted and they're going to be left behind. Yeah. And uh, that would be a, that would be a crying shame if they had the talent. Especially if they have the talent, right? Mm -hmm. so, so what are the common misconceptions that people have when they go into your studio? They walk in, they're like, they don't know what to expect. Like, what are some of the interesting misconceptions you've talked to, whether it's parents or kids that suddenly, you know, go in there? Well, when most people, when they come in, are shocked at how cool it looks. One one dad recently said, this is just so much more contemporary than I than I thought. So that was a fun, interesting comment. Did he expect um, an art they, gallery? Is that what he was expecting? I, they walked in with know. art galleries and stuff? But they love... They love how my art teachers, I've, I, I want them to deliver high school level skills, even if they're five. I want you to go in it as a grade nine art curriculum and teach them shading right off the bat. Where's your light source? Like, let's not start off like treating them like they're five. Uh, let's treat them like they're in grade nine art. And then it's incredible how the kids will rise to it. With art, sometimes it's like, wow, this is, did my kid do this? Like, yep, yeah, we just showed them the thought process and then how to follow it. They can, they can paint 3d shapes. Now they can do um, crazy math with their drawing, their perspective drawings. Like we're showing them how to use compasses and, and in order to do high level stuff. And the parents are just delighted because I think they thought it was going to be more arts and crafts. And sometimes it does turn out that way for some kids. Cause that's, it's their first exposure to right. art and we keep our expectations real, but we really hope they come back and build on those development skills. So by session three or four, the parents will be as, you know, shocked at what they are capable of. Wow. For the acting classes, the parents are delighted that we videotape the, the acting for camera class. They get a professional digital headshot and they're given a, a portfolio of their video so they can use it if they're going to audition or if there's an audition coming up, they are ready to hit the ground with a professional monologue. They know how to videotape their monologues and submit. So we, they're delighted that we treat them like they're professional actors and give them the confidence to think of themselves that way. Well, yeah, that, that, that's great. Especially if they have that drive to want to do it. it. It just makes them feel so much more ready, right? Because yeah. I, I, can, I can imagine what it's like to try to even do that if you have nothing there and you just, I just want to do it. But now at least, at least you have all these tools in the toolbox, like whether it's the headshots, yeah. the portfolio of, of some of the things that they've done. Mm -hmm. The monologue you, you talked about that they're going to be having to perform at these auditions is, is very vital, especially for those serious about it, which is really great that you guys offer that. Yeah. I remember meeting some kids who came to us really young for musical theater and the parents would say apologetically, my child doesn't say much, they're super shy. And those kids are still with us three years four years later and now they are in commercials and one little girl was in a Netflix um, holiday movie recently Really, and it just goes to show that if you can offer them the opportunity to shine and explore acting and then they love it how far they can go with it don't don't think your child is broken because they're shy they just need more exposure more experiences and it's incredible what just one session of a drama class could do for a shy kid yeah oh, that's great all right. So last question on this industry part here. So you've been doing this for, for a few years already. So what has been yeah. your biggest failure, but also biggest success so far? Oh. Biggest failure, as in ordering all the wrong sizes of T-shirts for the summer <laughs> camp. <laughs> all the kids got triple XL. <laughs> you know, 
they these the kids were smaller than I thought in uh, the summer camps. So <laughs> you actually gave so that them was a XL? waste of about fifteen hundred dollars. The biggest win, the fact that I'm I survived a pandemic. That's a win. And the fact, the fact that, that I didn't flourished. Yes, you flourished. The fact in the that I didn't get scared. Yeah, and think, oh no, we're all. There's no point in doing it. No one's going to sign up. We're all going to die. I mean, those fears were all there. <laughs> Being a little dramatic. I don't want to be a people. hot spot for COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one got COVID at Arts on Fire. So grateful. Knock on wood. Um, let's continue that whole thing. Yeah, so the protocols great. are in place for safety. We can. It's it's an industry where we can keep our masks on the entire time. I'm shocked that the acting classes were fine with that. The teens had no problem. Even my adult improv class, keep our masks on. So the fact that we managed to push through with these uncomfortable protocols, that's incredible. That's a huge win. And everyone's happy to proceed like that. I can only imagine how exciting it's going to be when we can be mask-free and I can bring back vocal and oh, some yeah. music theater numbers. Oh, it's so exciting to think about bringing back musical theater. Yeah, I live for a day where there's mask free because I think especially yeah. when you're watching a performance on something and they're not wearing a mask and you can almost feel, right? It's I mean, not to say, you know, yeah. they have the mask on and they're, the words are kind of muffled in, in a way, but, you know, and even though they might be doing something very dramatic or something intense, you can kind of feel it. But there's mm-hmm. nothing about like the 100% facial reaction of, of seeing that they're not just anything under their eyes. You know, you can see the nose, <laughs> mouth, cheekbones and the whole thing where they can actually you can feel that more of their presence here that that's pretty cool people so, do this a whole lot more to show they're smiling have yeah. you noticed the thumbs up <laughs> the is thumbs like up? universal i'm smiling i'm sorry <laughs> under my mask <laughs> through my mask so all right next few questions are going to be related to for someone who maybe wants to do something maybe not exactly the same as you do but like they want to do something related to art but starting their own gig or you know they're going to try to run their own kind of studio uh, mm-hmm. so one of the questions so these are kind of like random ones here so Okay. Should I should I diversify my offerings when I first start this? Oh, I was worried about that too. I started to diversify so rapidly because people kept asking me, are you offering this? Do you have this? And I saw the interest and the hunger for it. And then in my line of work, being a teacher of over 24 years, I know a lot of amazing arts teachers. So I was mm. able to easily reach out and say, hey, would you be interested in offering this? And they'd be like, sure, Saturdays, I could be there. And it just happened so quickly. I remember thinking, I gotta, do I have to pull back? But it worked for me. It did work out great, but I, I would be careful. Like right now I'm trying to brand myself as visual arts and acting classes, but I do have a successful guitar class and I did have a short filmmaking for a while. I love teaching kids to work with a green screen and all the techie stuff too. Mm-hmm. People have asked, can I do some coding classes? Um, like, well, ro- robotics is super cool. That's kind of an art. Maybe yeah. one day I'll afford the robotics kit from UOIT. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> but I have to be careful because I want to build my specialties up so they're so strong that they could carry the newer classes in case they need some help getting off the ground. Yeah, because I think you don't want to stretch yourself too thin and do, you know, it's rather, it's better to almost specialize in just a few things then special yeah. then try to be a generalist in everything because you're not going to get the quality that's there and then everything is watered down so i think that that's a mm-hmm. great question here so all right what about if in order to run in like a, an art studio or visual arts here do i have to be yeah. an artist or 
or do I have to be super creative or can I? You have to know how to find the most amazing art teachers. You have to know they're going to be a hit and they're police vetted and people will love them and they will carry your brand proudly. That's the hardest part is you have to know, am I in a world where I can easily find these people? And you have to be just a great facilitator of people. You have to be able to have great staff meetings and a vision and pay them well. And yeah, you'll find them, but you need an inside track. So I have an inside track. I've offered PD in the Durham District School Board for many years. I've hung around creative types and teacher types who are well-organized, reliable. They expect to have great product results. They know the steps to greatness. They're not going to just shortcut it. So I'm just in a world where I'm surrounded by some wonderful talent. If you weren't involved in the artist world or in education, it would be harder. You could you could insert yourself somehow, I guess. And but my but my reputation preceded me for launching this. A lot of families trusted sending their kids to a school where they knew Mrs. Prescott mm-hmm. as a teacher in the community for years. And I had coached their baseball teams and you know, I, I show up at the arenas and I, I know I know people. So your reputation is important. People have to trust you. They have to know their kids or their business is safe with you. I have a lot to lose if things go wrong. So I would never do anything unethical, especially with when kids are involved. You have Absolutely. to be just so careful. You have to be wonderful for people. I mean, I'm always, I'm always privileged when families like you drop your kids off with me and walk away. That's a huge compliment mm-hmm. that you trust me and that I got this and they're going to be fine. Absolutely. So not just anyone could step into the world of working with children, I would suggest. Yeah, no, it's not. And yeah. you know what? I just threw, I just came up with the idea. Potential service you can provide in the future, coaching startups. That's all I'm saying, Sherry. <laughs> For those who said, you know what, I'm a, I'm a creative, but I don't have a lot of like, let's say the business or the other type of things. Like, so how can I start this? That's a potential thing where it's like coaching mm-hmm. calls with Sherry. I, I, could, I could see it right now, <laughs> right on the website. I'm just saying. So That's great. Excellent. So yeah. next question. So, all right. I say I want to, okay, Sherry, I want to do this. What mm-hmm. should be the first thing I, I buy or in, I invest in for my business? The first thing, a really great MacBook. MacBook. <laughs> yeah. Wow. A MacBook Air, man. You're going to need all the fun tools. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. That's, that's mm-hmm. Okay. What should my business name be? Do you know what? That was a divine inspiration. Arts on Fire hit me. I looked it up. Did this name exist? It did. It's a pottery school in Arizona. So I had to patent it as Arts on Fire Ajax. And then boom, I owned the name. I had to pay for it right away and scoop it. So I was just hit. Like I wanted the arts and I want it to be exciting. I want it to be dynamic. And what's more dynamic than fire? And it just came together over one lunch hour, hanging out with my arts teacher friends over a bowl of spaghetti. Arts on fire. (laughs) And then my art teacher friend, Amanda Robinson, a great graphic design artist on the side, she, after school, whipped up a logo. And then she went to Vistaprint and she ordered pens and notepad (sighs) and a mug. And she brought it to me on Monday and she goes, look. And so now I had a name, I had a logo. I, I had no, nothing was stopping me. This was like divinely inspired. Let's just run with this. But I feel like the right name really seals the deal. Yeah. For you to get you excited. If you can't come up with a name, if you don't know why you're doing it or what it looks like, you're not ready yet. That's yeah. my suggestion. <laughs> you should have something, at least an idea. 
right? Just to have something there. So okay. burning passion for, yeah, the, the name. You must love the name. You must love saying it a million times a day, <laughs> answering yes. the phone with it. <laughs> yes. And I'll, I'll tell you this really quick story. I used to be in the fitness industry and I, some of my listeners oh. are familiar with this story, is that when you first start, you know, I thought, okay, I want to do private practice as well. Right? I was working at a gym, but of course you can start your own thing. So I started my own thing. I went online and I registered my business license, but I couldn't come up with a name. So it was just mm. my name. And I was like, okay, I'll save this for now. Then I'll come back and then I'll update it. You can't change it after that. You have to you actually, <laughs> you have to buy another one. You can't, you can put a doing business as name, but the license yeah. just said my name. And then of right. course I decided, all right, let me try. I'll create another one. And yeah. I did it. And I said, okay, I have a perfect name. It was so long, Sherry. It was what, basically, what is it? I'm not, what was I, it, it was basically my full name. Fitness yeah. and performance training. Try putting that on a website. My full That's a name. Lot. Yes. <laughs> it was, it was, I look at that. I'm like, I've shaken my head as I'm thinking about it. I should have yeah. came up with something a little bit better. Something that Before rolls you off. Get excited. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to pay That's twice for advice. that. I had to pay <laughs> twice. So I think Sherry and I can both try to educate our listeners on making a lot of mistakes that we've done. Mm. And hopefully yeah. you don't make the same mistakes that we've done. So, okay. Next question here. So is there any special insurance that I need to be when I want to start some running an actual studio? Yeah, you're paying for the insurance of the facility you're renting. And then you have to also have other insurance for okay. anything else that goes wrong. So that's a lot of insurance money. So get your insurance, whoever you do home and auto insurance with, I would go to them first and say, what can you find for me? I would get a couple more quotes just to make sure you're getting the best value. Mm -hmm. But definitely you should know what the insurance is going to cost before you commit to anything. Just like when I bought that Jeep when I was <laughs> 23, <laughs> almost drove it off the lot. And then I thought, oh, I should stop and tell my insurance company, called them. When they told me what the insurance was, I turned around and returned the keys. Yeah. I couldn't afford the Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that's how I remembered. Oh yeah, insurance. insurance. Don't forget that. I think I might do an, a special episode just on insurance. I'll have maybe some insurance person uh, that can really educate the listeners on Ooh. Almost all the ins and outs of business insurance. And of course, we'll have to keep it very broad because yeah. obviously, depending on the type of business that you're going to be doing, there might be different mm -hmm. clauses. I know for the fitness industry, you have to have a certain amount of regular insurance, but then there's these specialty insurances that you might have to, that you have as well. So it's good to That's know good. for that. So, okay, for next sure. question. So what is your best strategy with dealing with, I guess, difficult, I don't know, students or you can maybe difficult parents or slash clients? Mm. What is your best strategy for someone? Yeah, my best strategy, this? my best strategy is to, so there is a clause on my registration form that there's studio etiquette that needs to be met. And if a student can't meet the etiquette of the studio, then their class is refunded and, you know, you can welcome to try again next year. Sometimes students just need the more, the maturity. Yes. Um, but I, because this is a private system where parents are paying for a high level experience. I don't let anyone ruin the vibe of the art studio or the acting class. They have to be able to meet it. And I will train them and I will help them and I will communicate home and let the families know here where they're at, here's where they're at and here's where I need them to go. And we'll give them one more week chance to try it. And then after that, it was a good try. It's not a perfect fit at this time. Or maybe you could try this other class or this particular program running here would be more ideal. So I empathize with parents, um, with kids who have high needs or 
other issues that are just harder. They're, they're more visible in a smaller classroom setting where there's creativity. It hurts me if I can't accommodate. I try really hard to accommodate and find the right fit. But a lot of families are really understanding. They know that there's no financial risk to them. Like, we'll give it a try. I have some families lined up in January for a trial class. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of students with autism who do great in the arts. There's no issues because they love it. Yeah. But there's some who, they love art, but they really can't sit still for longer than five minutes. Well, let's mm-hmm. do a trial class and just see if we can captivate them. Let's see if we could be the right fit for them. And if not, then don't don't register. You haven't paid anything to try it out. So I really am wanting to help families find the right fit. And sometimes it's not possible. It's only happened a few times where it didn't work out. Mm. But I feel for parents who are scared to sign their kids up because they just think, what if it doesn't work? So yeah. in that case, they should always reach out to the business owner and say, could we do a trial class? I know a lot of martial arts studios do that, a free Absolutely. trial class. Absolutely. I, my, kids got, my kid got into jiu-jitsu because of that and loved it. And he can't wait for it to be back uh, in action. So I love that business owners are willing to say, no, don't, there's no worry. Come in and let's see if this can work out. Yeah. Which that. is, which is really important too, right? Especially because I'm always, my question follow up for this was that, have you ever had a situation where, you know, the parents were really gung ho about their kid doing a particular class that you offered, but while mm-hmm. working with that kid and your, your instructors notice that they're probably best suited for another one of our classes, but has that yeah. ever happened where, you know, the parents, they have to do this they, for whatever reason. This is supposed to drive up their confidence or whatever. There was one case that what the, the family was so upset that they went all over my social media and put some really awful things on it. And it really hurt me because um, they weren't telling the whole truth and they had withheld really important information. Oh, boy. And people had been put their safety jeopardy. And I almost thought, I can't do this. I don't want to be in a situation where I'm getting smeared and attacked like this. And I I actually thought, do I want to be a business owner? Because if this is what it's like, and then I just decide, no, I'm going to get a tougher skin. I can do this. And I just need to be prepared to meet all types of customers out there. And they have problems too. It's not personal. They're lashing out at the world or they're, and I just had to decide that day, am I going to cave in? Or am I going to get a thicker skin and just treat and handle everything professionally? And when I reached out to them and said, I really would like to meet to discuss this, you know, in person, they shut down and they disappeared. So they were just keyboard warriors who were lashing <laughs> out angrily, but they didn't want to really meet and talk in, in, no. in person. God forbid yeah. we could actually have a civil discussion about a disagreement, right? On something. Yeah. Now it's easy just that's to just, hard. you know, it is. The Google reviews are super important for any business, and mm-hmm. that's why business owners uh, often feel the pressure to deliver. Well, I think there should be something that on the big tech firms for, you know, in the future it would be nice, to, to, especially for small business owners, because, you know, like the, the, the Yelp ratings or any of these, the Google ratings, you know, if for anyone who does, I'm not, I don't know if this is a widespread thing where people are just going to rank them lower just because of and just because they're keyboard warriors whether they've actually mm. are their actual client or not but having to be able to you know remove those and it shouldn't affect the actual you know some type of monitoring yeah. system where they're looking at because there's like, trolls out there doing that for fun exactly and they're driving mm. these scores down and if you know yeah. like, and if people are looking at your business and they're saying oh wow two out of five no definitely no yeah. hard pass but the people who brought it down were just like people just messing around, there has to be some type yeah. of accountability to that, but also to say, okay, 
being able to remove that of the ratings so that, you know, that shouldn't happen, right? So I agree. It's heartbreaking. And I've read the comments on some businesses that were ranked low just to see what, why is it two out of five? And you'll see someone's review and then you'll see the business owner's comments saying, we've never done business with you. Yeah. So we're not sure where this review is coming from. Would you like to come in and we can set up a a meeting? So we'd love to do business with you. And I thought really classy. I like the way they handled that. They let everyone know we've never worked with them, but we're happy to. Would you like to come in? (laughs) We'll give you a good deal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's great. So we're yeah. going to sidetrack. We're moving to something now. This is more of the personal stuff, Sherry. So, okay. Sherry Prescott, what's yeah. your story? What's my story? Oh, boy. Um, I love teaching drama. I've been doing that for decades. I've been on, I've been in community theater, so I love being in plays. I just mm-hmm. love drama and acting and then I got married and I have three kids who I threw into acting and improv on top of their (laughs) hockey and other activities and I've included my family in the arts on fire journey my own kids are volunteers or they take the classes so it's been fun for all of us to do this and I know that when I retire in about five or six years Mm. I've got arts on fire to to keep going, which will be a lot of fun for me to stay connected to teenagers and people of all ages in the community. And I love training volunteers from Ajax High School down the street to come and get their volunteer hours and get some life skills for resume building. So I'm really glad that Arts and Fire has taken off to be a part of the community. And it's something that I have to look forward to. See, I don't know if the listeners heard that, but if you see that Arts on Fire is going to grow so fast and so big <laughs> that she's actually going to retire in five years. I have to call you on that. So I'm like, wow, (laughs) that much, Sherry. Very, very impressive. That's because I'm actually going to be retirement age, Ken. I'm not leaving my career early. Oh, please. We're not going to get into that, but no. (laughs) That's my legit retirement time. So young. You can't believe it, can you? Oh, my God. I have to talk about this after the show. So, yeah. Okay. (laughs) But anyway, so what's been your, what's been the, the funniest small business story you've had so far in this journey? Oh, the funniest. Well, I've had some scary stuff, but um, I'm not going to, no, don't ask, don't ask me for that. Um, yeah, we're not going to do the scary stuff. This is supposed to be the fun <laughs> part of the show, right? So the fun, the funniest stuff. Well, we do have accidents happen in the visual arts studio room with the big pumps of paint. So if they're not cleaned out well enough, Oh no! And someone goes to pump some more paint and it explodes. We had one boy, it was his first day. Oh, what no. a great kid. And he was covered head to toe in paint. Oh, uh, so boy. my instructors had to help him get cleaned up and they gave him a free arts and fire shirt to, yeah. to wear home. So when he left, the, I heard the dad in the hall going, Where's, why are you wearing a shirt? And the kid said, oh, there was an accident. That was oh. fun. So I don't know. I think the fun stuff just happens every moment that we're there. We have so much fun. We have a March break camp coming up um, in the new space, which is going to be exciting. And, and summer art camps are a lot of fun too with art yeah. and drama. 
So it's it's pretty much fun every time you step into the studio, Ken. There, there's a lot of laughs. I noticed that, like even going in yeah. there, dropping off, picking up the kids. There was a lot of laughing going on, but it was all it was a <laughs> playful laugh. It was definitely not a making fun of someone kind of laugh. So it's actually no. a very fun environment, which is really really. We nice. are such an inclusive environment, and anything goes. The weirder, the better. If yeah. you think, would, would, my, would I fit in there? Yes. Yes, you would fit in there. <laughs> yeah, excellent. And you'll excellent. find a friend there or more. And, and adults need friends too. Yeah, exactly. So get ready for more classes for adults because one thing we need to do is laugh more and get out of the kitchen or get out of the office, especially especially you if you're working from home, right, Ken? Yep, yep pretty much. I need to get so out. Everyone's <laughs> going to need that that fun outlet. Even once a week can restore your sanity, I think. Exactly. Oh, that's great. So what is your work-life balancing act right now? Because it sounds like you have a family, you mm-hmm. have, you know, and you're running and your your business is growing. So yeah. I think for a lot of small business owners, they get that stress of, oh, how do I make everything? Because it would have been easier if I was single doing this stuff, right? But then yeah, right. at the same time, life life happens, right? So we're both, so... you know, we have families and stuff. So how do you, how do you do it? You, you know the saying, others. if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they're organized and they they don't waste time. So that's wow. me. So in the morning when I have my morning coffee, that's when I'm doing my invoicing in the morning. And then in the afternoon, uh, I might check again and do some more invoices because it's me. It's not an automated system. I'm the one who sees your registration and responds and sends you the invoice. My answer, I call people back later in the afternoon or in the evenings. If people want to chat about what I have for their kid, I'm happy to do that for sure. Then I teach one or two classes a week. And then that, and I also go in another time during the week. To, I do all the cleaning. So the sweeping and mopping and scrubbing. And I stock the fridge for the instructors to make mm-hmm. sure there's uh, drinks and snacks there. Stock up pa- paper towel is a huge expense for an art school, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> who knew? Who knew? Yeah, who knew? Uh, a lot of vinegar, uh, a lot of cleaning supplies. Yeah, that was that was expensive. Yeah, so no, I I think I've got a good balance. My family, I try to make sure that when I get family time, there's no tech around. They get me. They don't get business mom. Right. Um. So that's awesome. And the fact that I've been teaching for 24 years means that I'm not doing a ton of lesson planning, and I've learned how to create assignments without a ton of marking attached to it. So I'm in a good place in my career where I can spend time on this business. With me, the first 10 years of teaching, I would not have been able to juggle both mm-hmm. at all. Great yeah. point. Great point. So yeah. all right, we're getting to almost wrapping it up here. We are in the rapid fire section <laughs> of the show. So I ask five just uh, totally random questions and okay. see how you respond. Okay, Sherry, mm-hmm. is cereal a soup? Why or why not? It is because the way my husband eats it with the spoon and he taps it down, it looks like he's eating soup. So yes, cereal is a soup. Cereal is okay. Very good. <laughs> All right. Next, question number two. Have you ever eaten a whole, and I leave a blank here because it, the original question was a Pringles tube, but maybe some people don't eat Pringles tube, but have you ever eaten a whole something all by yourself? Whoa. I've eaten an entire lobster in Nova Scotia, Digby, Nova Scotia. I saw it come right out of the ocean. The fishermen sold it to me and we we were renting a house right by the marina. And I cooked my first lobster and sat down and ate the whole thing with hot butter. My family was making the scallops that came off the ship. It was the best moment, a Nova (laughs) Scotia moment I've ever had. (laughs) Wow. Unbelievable. That's a bad I wouldn't expect to hear, but okay, great. (laughs) 
All right. <laughs> what is the one subscription that you can't live without? Oh, my HelloFresh. Thanks to them, my family gets three gourmet meals a week. And that's our sit-down family dinners for sure. HelloFresh, yeah. please sponsor the show. But yes, that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's a great. That's great. You know, and I there's think leftovers we'll, for lunch the next day. I mean, you can't do better than that. Can't. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Describe your sense of humor in one word. I like spontaneity and I like laughing. So in one word, bubbly. My bubbly. report cards, my entire life, my report card comments from teachers were, Sherry's so bubbly. So <laughs> I guess bubbly. Excellent. All right. Last question to wrap fire around. Yeah. What is your theme song? So if you walk into the studio <laughs> and there's a song playing, if that song is playing, it, it's because Sherry's about to enter the room. So what song is that and why? Eric Clapton's Change the World. Just I can change the world. I don't, it makes my drama students happy and they just feel like they can change the world. And all these young people are world changers, game changers. We've got a lot of great kids coming up who are going to make even better decisions than our ancestors did. I have yes. a lot of hope in the next generation. And I think Change the World by Eric Clapton is a good one. Nice. All mm -hmm. right. So any final advice you would want to give anybody? who wants to potentially start their own, their own venture, part-time, oh, full-time, okay. whatever. Okay. If you're going to start something, you're going to go to the, the Business Advisory Council of Durham and you're going to book like a one-on-one -on -one with someone. It's all free people. Their workshops, their counseling is free and they will help you with your vision and they'll help you firm it up and give you all the information you need to start off on the right foot. So you're not screwing things up, like even registering your business name are you a sole proprietor? Are you going to go incorporated? They will help you navigate that. So if you think it's too hard, I don't know how to do the paperwork or all the stuff online, they are there to help you. It's an incredible service and more people should take the time to, to make meetings with them for sure. Yeah, I definitely put that in the show notes so the listeners can really link to that, especially because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to educate, motivate people to want to do something. So that that's really great. All right, last final yeah. plug for your... Arts on Fire Ajax, what do you want to tell the listeners? Arts on Fire Ajax is an exciting place to come for six-week sessions of visual arts and acting and guitar. We have another session starting January 3rd, and there are still spaces left in some of the kids' art classes. They're almost all full, so I'm sorry I don't have more to offer you, but another session starts February 14th. So there's always a next session to look forward to. Get in soon if you know what date and what class you want to try. Just book it and call me if you want to talk about the details or if you want to come by for a visit and take a tour. I am, I am thrilled to meet new families looking for art classes. Wow. Well, that's great. Well, thank you very much, Sherry. I think the listeners had a great uh, time with us. We learned a lot, which is really good. So appreciate great. you taking the time to talk to us. You're welcome, Ken. Thanks again. All right, guys, that was our interview with Sherry Prescott. It was awesome and it was so much fun. I hope you guys learned a lot from her because she gave so many great tips and tricks that anyone can do regardless of whatever business you're starting. I definitely hope we can have her back on the show again. So I hope you guys enjoyed this and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the SME Stories podcast, which is owned by Northway Capital Group. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Northway Capital Group.